Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Welcome back to the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. I have a special guest today. His name is Jason Wasser. He is a marriage and family therapist. He loves using NET to get massive breakthroughs for his uh, patients and clients. He works digitally, does some telehealth. He's a functional medicine guy, a guy after my own heart. In fact, uh, well, now I'll let him tell you the story about how we met the first time in our interview. So without further ado, here is my conversation with none other than Jason Wasser. Well, hello, Jason. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited that you're here. We've had a prior conversation about all kinds of things and found that we are definitely on the same spectrum as it has to do with, you know, working in practice and helping support other practitioners, et cetera. So welcome. I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. Thank you so much. I know this is probably our round two because you are yes. a guest on my podcast, which is coming out in the next few weeks. And uh, for the people who don't know, uh, I don't know if that little backstory was, but I actually attended one of your classes, as you know, but people don't know, your listeners don't know, years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and then finally re-stumbled upon you uh, recently, and that's how we reconnected. Yeah, so I think it was. Did you say it was a functional blood chem? It was. It was yeah. the functional blood chem. Blood chem. And, the, and, yeah. the, and the binder is right behind me. So yeah. you're, always, you're and- always within two feet of me <laughs> every day. I'm so glad we're actually getting ready to relaunch that seminar here coming up soon. As far as the air date goes, it'll be um, happening in the summer. But anyway, I'm really glad you're here. And we did, we kind of stumbled back, you know, you reached out to me and that was really so wonderful. So I want to talk to you today about, um, we, before we hit the record button, we talked about a couple of different things and there are things that I find that are challenges that practitioners have just generally across the board. But before we get into those couple of things, I'd like for you to kind of just talk a little bit. We'll just get the high level view of, of what you do and how you started and kind of where you're at, like right now, what that Genesis has been. Sure. So I can't tell you about how I started as a therapist without telling you that I was the 1.8 GPA student in high school who never thought <laughs> that I'd even let on have a right, let on, you know, be accepted to a college, but get into graduate school, do really well in graduate school and have an yeah, incredible- Yeah, 1.8. That, that, that's not that what you took a lot of work. Real proud of. Yeah, right. No, but uh, that took work. It took work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but all right, I had chaos. I had, I had, you know, family, parents, divorce and, oh, you know, yeah. um, you know, it was financial struggles and all the things that um, we don't take into consideration that can trickle up into your life, even when you're running yes. a business. And so even when I started, so I'm a therapist. And even though, you know, people are like, wait, but he's a therapist and he's doing functional med. And, um, you know, it, it, the, that all came out of my own healing and my own work and the stuff that right. I need to do for me personally, which was right. through neuro emotional technique, NET, uh, which I stumbled upon after being a therapist. And um, then because of that world got introduced to all the funk med and the integrative medicine and stuff that I'm passionate about and use in my practice. But, but that journey of going from a guy who I never thought or a person who had never thought that would be not only a therapist, but to even see myself as an entrepreneur that took a big smack across the face. Yeah. And so like, just like re again, like the high level view, but like what had to happen in your, 
in your mind to be able to make that shift because that is a huge distinctive shift when it comes to your again the 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 genesis or the development of yourself as a business owner versus just looking at yourself as a clinician so i think that's going to go into every single aspect of where our conversation can go today and that's what i call unfinished business and whether it's unfinished business about our health about our beliefs about our relationships family of origin stuff it's all going to show up in everything that we're doing what's that as you do something somewhere it shows up everywhere else right everywhere else so true so I think that when I, I, I on purpose didn't go into my family business. We have a third generation family furniture business um, that my brother and sister have t- taken over, and I didn't go into it because of family, of or you know wow. family conflict. Yeah. And yeah. so therefore, right, I never bought into business. I never bought into being a businessman. It's always been about connecting, uh, connecting, helping, and healing, um, and being a connector for other people to the right resources. So I never saw myself as a business person, as a salesperson. And probably because of, because of that family drama, you probably by default without realizing it almost had a little bit of a push away against Correct. that. Right. I actually became, thing, yeah, you didn't want yeah, to do yeah. Right. And it became an emotional allergy to me. Yeah. Right. Oh, and so well said. That's right. Good. So, so the, so right, what you believe you're allergic to, whether it's conscious or unconscious, you're not going to attract and you're not going to so embrace good. and you're going to run away from. So when I was the yeah. scholarship kid, uh, you know, in, in pri- from public school to private school, I was, uh, you know, tremendous gratitude to the people who stepped up and were like, Hey, this guy, you know, has right. Deserves, you know, whatever I did to, to get the gift of being put into a, a private school as on scholarship. Um, right. It was still being around people who had a lot of money and I was the have not. So, so even as a therapist, even as a practitioner starting off, it was, well, I work three jobs to get through undergraduate. I work three yeah. jobs to get yeah. through graduate school. Yeah. I'm yeah. working three jobs now within one practice and maybe yeah. doing some stuff on the side. And so it was always more, uh, as I now work with my clients, it was more of like, well, do you have a hustle or do you have a company? Oh, dang. Oh, another way to say that is, do you have a hobby? Or do you have a company? Right, which I which oh, we good. talked about when we when when you and yes. I last on my episode, and I and I really do see the distinction between uh, standard operating practices, procedures, rhythms, rituals, organization structure, uh, right? The chaos of doing things. It's it's complexity on the far side of simplicity instead of simplicity on the far side. Yeah, boy, of no complexity. Yeah, and and it wasn't until it took a few years tying it all together that a buddy of mine from NET. Uh, kept saying, go to this business conference, go to this business conference. It started off for chiropractors, but it turned into a business coaching program. And it took me three years to buy a ticket, go on a plane, spend, you know, it was like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I can't afford that then. Wait, wait, and I'm not getting continuing education credits and I'm not getting yeah, started. Don't right? get me started on right? that. Ugh. So I'm going to do something for myself that yes. I, you know, and, right. and, and I remember the first afternoon uh, where the person who ran the program, I didn't even know who he was at that point. Um, was talking about core values and just like, well, no one's talked about this before in the business world. And no one's talked about having core values for who you see and who you let in. And of course we want like, you know, so I think that plays out. And now as we look at it through, you know, what's the nutrition that I have? What's the companies I, you know, stocks that I invest in? What's the friends that I want around? Who's the, who who gets my bandwidth? That all goes back to that mindset of core values and onboarding and offboarding those people. And therefore, even seeing that in business and mindset and financials and health, it's all connected. Yeah, it's so connected. And I love that. You know, you just talked about how you get in that place where you really do. Is it a hobby? Is it just your hustle? You know, what is your side thing that you do? And all of a sudden, it's kind of like you. I don't know. I always think of it like it's the day that you kind of wake up and you go, 
oh crap, I'm an adult. I I have to do adulting now. I have to do yeah. the adult thing now. I don't get to like, you know, ask my mom for 20 bucks. I like, I got my job. I got my car, I got some responsibilities. Yeah. I got a family or whatever. Like that moment when you wake up and you say, oh crap, I don't just have a hobby here, a hustle. I, I actually have to be responsible here and run this business. Right. And, and and people don't know. And I think that's really tying, you know, the idea of being a healer, a practitioner and a business owner it's that hard, we don't invest yeah. in that training. So we're yeah. working from behind, you know, behind so many steps behind just trying to keep up with the chaos of getting through the day versus working on the business, which they talk right work on your business, not in your I business as cliche right. as that sounds. But it, but some of us are so busy. I, I just realized that because I have a waiting list for years, everybody talks about having a practice with a waiting list. But I see that as you're leaving money and opportunity on the table because you haven't built out enough of your team mm -hmm. to service because you're referring right. people out somewhere else or people are going right. to get bored and they're not going to go to you because they're like, I'm waiting too long. Right. So you're leaving opportunity and, and the ability to help more people because we're keeping it a month that I need to be the person who needs to be that's doing right. it versus building out and scaling out a system so and you can help more so people. And that's so scary. I mean, when you start thinking about you as a solo practitioner, right? It's you. It's your secret sauce. You own the Colonel Sanders recipe, right? It's yeah. your deal. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, crap. I got all these people that want to get in. I need another mini me. Yeah. So then you go looking for another mini, mini me. And they don't and exist. You, they don't exist. And so right. then you find someone and you bring them in. But then the, that's where the scary part comes. Because then you're like, well, do I got to give my Colonel Sanders secret sauce away? Do I have to give yeah. the recipe away? Can I keep it to myself? And therein lies, starts lying the conflict. So you just told me off air that you just recently brought on a couple of associates. So mm -hmm. how how did you how did you wrangle that in yourself when you're bringing in someone else and not feeling like you're giving away the store, but yet allowing those associates to have opportunity to really thrive? Well, I think the blessing of the pandemic, the, for me, that's been really a struggle um, emotionally serving so many people while I'm navigating what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that the blessing has been, the silver lining, is that uh, doing virtual teletherapy, telehealth, telepractitioner stuff is now norm. Yeah, and right. it fast tracked. In other yep. words, instead of what would have taken ten to fifteen years, it, it fast tracked it in the last two and a half yeah. years. Yeah. So now knowing that my associate, so I went to my old clinical supervisor, who's a guru of supervision for client for therapists that are getting licensed. They need to be under supervision and do case management uh, while they're getting fully licensed. I'm right. like, who is the person that most aligns with the philosophy of what you know me to be? And you also know my personality because you've known me now for 17 years. Which one of your registered interns that are about to graduate from you and get fully licensed would be a good fit for me to have this conversation with? Ah, oh, so networking and, out, which is a great. Correct. And that's kind of like having your like your bullpen. Right, right, where, 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 you know, where, right, where bullpen, excuse me, where, right, you know that you can pull from somebody from somewhere, but your bullpen right. may not be filled with people ready, but you may, but you need to know who to know to go to. Yeah, that's right. In order to get those resources. Right. And that that's should right. always be constantly replenished. And she gave me one name. And this is the only person. And that was a person while, you know, while they were filling out their paperwork to get licensed. And, and now we're in this, pro you know, now we're in this associate relationship. They have their own stuff going on, but, they're on the west coast of Florida. I'm in South Florida. I've never met them in person. We've only had Zoom and WhatsApp conversations. 
and they don't work in my office, but they're yeah. within my practice. So, right. so things have changed. So right. when the mindset, the philosophy, has to, uh, they don't have to be me. I'm not expecting them to be me. I want them to be the experts so I can say if they can't afford to see me or they're not the right fit Correct. within the general framework of my practice because there's stuff we don't see no matter who it is. Right. That's then, the framework, core values, all the things in the practice that define the type of people that you're going to work with. But then you correct. allow those associates to have a bit of autonomy to do it their own way, because that's yeah. what I learned is that I don't really, what I thought I needed was mini-me's yeah. and I don't need a mini-me. I need someone who has passion. Correct. I need that, find that person who's passionate because when you have that passion, out of the passion comes the purpose. And when you have the purpose, then you can serve the patient. Correct. And I think it's also the hunger because this is what we were talking about before is the one thing I've seen consistently, and I see it over and over in other group practices or when people call to join a practice as an associate, especially as a new practitioner, and this could be in all fields. Yeah. Um, and I can see it definitely in the chiropractic field where they're joining a practice and they're just going to be fed those clients versus like when in clinic, I know when my chiropractic friends, when they're in um, school, they have to actually, to get their clinic hours, they have to go out into the community to get people to come into the clinic. Right. And then, yeah. and, and right, which is a super cool thing. And it frustrates the hell out of chiropractic students. Yeah. yeah but yeah. they're also teaching them how to go out there and to explain what they're doing. That's right. And, and I think therapists, we, we don't do that. And I think it's something that's actually, I have, you know, I think it's pretty cool that chiropractic students, and I know all my friends are like, Jason, it was horrible and awful and it took me so long. But yeah, but you learned how to talk to people about what, about you, what do, you do, mm-hmm. even when you're just beginning. And I don't think that people are hungry. I think there's still this entitlement of, well, I'm showing up to your practice and uh, you should just feed me clients. Yeah. Isn't that true? There's a, there's a high level. And I don't know if it's just the, the newer generations that are coming mm-hmm. through, you know, I'm an old girl, I'm the old girl on the block. So I have a way different way of looking at it. Like if you want to have people come into your practice, you got to get out there and hustle means yeah. you got to pick up the phone and you got to call and you got to go serve and you have to deliver value and you can do all the social media stuff and you can come. But if you don't deliver a stellar performance, then they're not going to stay, i.e. you're going to entertain them, which we don't necessarily want to do, but you get them results, you engage with them, you love on them, you make them feel important and special. Those are all the things that the patients are looking for because really right now in our our, uh, economy, I'll call this functional medicine world an economy because it is, it's an Mm -hmm. industry, it's an economy, but in the economy, we are in the customer service business. Regardless of your skill, we are in the customer service business because guess what? If they go, if you you treat them bad, you could be the best therapist on the block. I could be the best functional medicine practitioner in the, in the whole state. And if I don't treat them well, they're not going to stay. And people will pass that information on. It's the one thing that like, oh, I call them and they weren't great. They weren't nice to me. Their staff didn't call me back, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all, there's so many different layers to this that, that it doesn't, it is complex, but it doesn't have to be complex. But I think that even when, before they even start working with that client, with that patient, you still have to be able to close the deal to to get them to want to be the client or patient in the first place. Yeah. What you do, who you serve. And make that promise to say, this is what I, this is what my intention is that we're going to get you from here over to here. Right. And I think also the missing component, and I've seen this and how many people that you've helped who've had similar before, right? right? Where there is some extra, it's because a lot of times, and I'm sure you've probably have, well, have you helped anybody like me before with this? Yeah, right. They just want to know. They just want to know, like, do you actually, it's not that you know, do you know what you're doing? I think what they're really asking is, I've been a lost cause 
for so long. I'm, I've been stuck in the system. No one's helping me. I don't know. Right. And, and are you sure? Yeah. Right. Can you help? Right. So, and I think if you're certain with that, that'll bring such more confidence it, into and, the process. Yeah. And, and confidence, but it helps to bring them some calm. Yes. Like, ah, oh, I found my place. You reduce that stress, just that stress alone goes a long way um, in their healing. Well, okay. I think that also on a psychological level, that will also enhance the possibility of healing because yes. if they don't believe that anybody can help yeah. them. That's right. They're going to have an extra wall around that, that's more exactly resistance. Right. That's right. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about, um, we talked about this off air as well, but I want to talk about mindset. And this, it, it ties into what we're talking about because as a clinician, you know, you have to, you have a responsibility to show up in the morning and leave, you know, the stuff that happened with your spouse and your kids mm -hmm. and the whatever, 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 all that has to stay. You show up in the morning and you got to put that, it's like a mindset cap on that just completely covers your mind. When you walk in the office, you've got your cap on like a swimmer's cap, like an old time yeah. cap you would wear. Plus when the swimming. blinders for the horse and in the, Central exactly, Park. Exactly. Yeah. Blinders. So like the horse, plus you yeah. got, I mean, you got the whole thing on so that there is no distractions. And I find that very often clinicians and practitioners that I work with, they show up and their desk is a disaster. And I really don't have a lot of room to talk because mine kind of is, but nonetheless, like, you know, the desk is a mess. There's no organization in the practice. You know, they don't have anybody that's making calls. They it, it, like the whole systems are falling apart. Everything's falling apart. And then we run into the day like that. And then everything goes wrong in the day. And we think, can nothing ever go right ever? Right. Please. Could I just yeah. have a, well, the problem is you set, in my opinion, I'm being a little bold about this, but you set that, you set yourself up in right. the morning by yeah. your mindset. That doesn't mean that bad crap's not going to happen, but the mindset shift is everything. So let's talk yeah. about that. So as cliche as it sounds, right, it's so true. And we were talking about uh, what's going on in the economy recently. And like, we've heard people yeah. like, oh, the gas prices are so high. And I'm joking around with my clients. I'm like, they are? They're like, well, you work from home. I'm like, no, I still have a car. I still drive places. I've, you know, I've gone to a few conferences and, you know, I've gone on vacation, whatever it is. And I've driven. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I know the prices are higher. But I'm not, but, I'm not making my whole life around it. Yeah. And like, you know, they're like, oh, well, politics and the government. And I'm like, oh, you mean the government that's been subsidizing your gas for the last 50 years versus what you're paying for a gallon now is what the, what people in, in, in Europe are paying per liter. So let's talk about it, right? So in other words, we're always starting with the wrong perspective and we're always yeah. starting from the wrong place. And my, we're not gonna get into the politics of it, but like, but even just starting there, it's like, but what's the context? Right. So you're used right. to an environment where things are subsidized for you or AKA an entitlement that we have been born with yep. in this yep. country. And there, but you're complaining that that entitlement was taken away from you or it's been reduced. Right. That's and, and I think that goes back to everything yeah, everywhere yeah. that and we're even struggling in the, with. Even in the practice when it comes to talking to people about what you charge and your fees. Yeah. That's a huge one. And that entitlement, sometimes we take that on and we don't need to be taking that on. And you shared yeah. with me a story about someone that you know. So tell that story again, because it was a it was a really very telling story about the difference between you and your chiropractic friend. Right. So, so, and I love this person and they're great. And this, and I see this in all fields, whether it's therapists, whether it's, you know, into, uh, acupuncturists, matter. it doesn't yep. matter. Right. I think it's still, it's those who are there when they're, they are the service, they are the product. 
Right. Right. I am when, the commodity. Me I am the commodity. And, and you, my, Jason, you're the commodity. Yep. Right. So there's two things uh, that I think are connected to that. One is what additional training do I need to take that'll finally make, that'll be the silver bullet to make my practice better and make me the best clinician. And yep. because people will know that they're going to come in and I'll make more money. Right. But I have to go continue to go from training to training, workshop to workshop, certification right. and certification. Increase your skill. Right? Increase yeah. your skill. So therefore, automatically, I will auto get that there. Right. That's number one. Number two is location based mindset. Because I live here, I can't charge blank. Ooh. Ooh. Because that's, I that's live in rural one. Minnesota, BFE I can't somewhere. charge yeah. blank. Right. Yeah. And but you know the way i always discuss it and i even joke around i tried this a few years ago with a few people who i wasn't sure you know i've moved into the hell yes or hell no i either want them to be a client or uh, i don't want them to be a client yeah. And, yeah. and if they want to also be my you know my client that's great but at first i have to be okay with wanting them oh man preach it preach it it right? makes us become the consumer Correct. not them i am right. the consumer and i get to say I am okay working with you or nah, I don't think you're going to be a good fit. I'm now in the driver's seat and I don't get the patience. Oh, I'm going to get on. I'm going to stand on table here in a minute. Yeah. I don't have the patience yank in my chain. I need you to do this and I need you to respond back to my email. No, 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 no. I'm okay with working with you or I'm not. Right. This is about you wanting my help. I don't need you. Well, and this goes back to that money mindset, which is everything that we're talking about in this segment, which is even if you're working for someone else, when people are going out and they're getting jobs in, in whatever, you know, whatever industry, but they're going to be an employee of a company, they're hoping that they can sell themselves enough to that company because they, at, at a certain point when you're an employer, I'm sorry, when you're an employee, employee. you yeah. need that job more than the company necessarily needs you because yep. if they don't hire you, they're going to hire someone else. Right. So you're hoping that they pick you. That's right. Pick me. And pick then they me, hope that me. they keep you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And, and when once you move into the space of an entrepreneur in a private practice and you're not seeing yourself as, you know, I hope my clients continue to choose me and you flip that switch to I get to pick and choose my clients by creating that red carpet, by creating that here's the yep. pre-qualifications you have to meet in order to become a client of mine. There you go. The, that's, that's a whole it. different mindset. How dare I do that? How dare I be judgmental? How dare I not help people? But you're not meant to help every single person and you're not suited to help every single person and you're not an expert at helping every single right. thing. So pick the things that you are and, and say, but if even within these things, you still need to pre-qualify. I, I sent a client to a functional medicine practitioner recently and I said, I will only work with you after not only you start with that person, but you are into a process with this functional medicine person for your child, then call me back. There you go. I won't even touch it, yeah. right? And they finally called me back yesterday. So after, I don't know, 60 days when they, when I last, you know, when I, when I told them this. So, you know, it's, it's setting up that, that, that firewall so you don't and, have the chaos in your life. And I want to say too, I love that. I, I love this. This is like such a good conversation because what you did was, when you said to that mother, I'm assuming a parent, right? Mm -hmm. And you said, you need to go over and work with this person for 60 days to get this diet functional issue dealt with with your child. And then I can work with you. That's not about you, Jason. This is 1000% about serving yeah. the child and the family at their highest interest. Yeah. And it isn't about 
well, I really need the money and I really need to talk to them. That com- that's a that's a later conversation. The conversation right now is I know what the criteria are that I need to be able to work with you. And when this wheel is all broken and the spokes are broken and that thing's all like a blah, 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 wobble, 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 you need to go get your wobble fixed. Yeah. And once you get the wobble fixed, now you can come back and now we can get, get in the car and we can go somewhere. And I love that. I love that. I wish in this functional space that we had, that that we were more able, I mean, I'm just talking as a whole, mm-hmm. right? That we're more able to stand up and have a spine, so to speak, to say, this is who I will accept. This is who I won't accept. And it's under these terms and they're my terms and they don't have to be the next person's terms. They're my terms. There's they're a your thousand terms. other practitioners in yes. every field out there that you can go yes. to if you don't like that or if that doesn't align with you. And right, it's that 80, 20, you want to piss off the 80 and only work with the 20% and fill your practice with yep. that 24% yep. that are in alignment. And I even put it on my, um, my website. I remember uh, at this conference, Patrick Gentempo, Dr. Gentempo spoke yeah, 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 yeah. and his book, one of his books called Stand, Your Stand is Your Brand. So I immediately yep. after hearing him say, share this, um, I immediately went home and changed my website. And I put a line in the middle of like there's the top section of my website, and then there's a big crazy line that goes across it uh, to divide the thing. And it says, if you're shopping around looking for the person who's the most affordable therapist, my practice is not it. Love right off the bat, that. right off Love the bat, and that. then I added, if you're looking for someone who's right, if you're not willing to do the work, if you're not, if you don't believe that mind, body, integrative wellness, and nutrition, uh, right, meditation, mindfulness, all that stuff is something that you're not right. Reading books, watching podcasts, listening. If that's not what you're looking for, don't I'm not call your, my. Please don't call yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not your person. Not your guy. I'm not your person. My Same team is not thing your team. When you choose a niche, and I'm always talking about this, pick where you're going to put your. You know, put your flag in the ground, <clears throat> put your stake in the ground and say, this yeah. is the people, these are the people that I'm going to serve. And if you're not a this, this, or this, to your point, then mm-hmm. then I'm not your person. Keep looking. Or right. I'm not the most, I'm not the cheapest. I'm not going to be the cheapest. So Correct. And you have to that own that. Because right. people, and so what I was saying is that when a, a few years ago, I practiced this when people are like, oh my gosh, that's really expensive. And I'm like, listen, do you have an iPhone or an Android? And they say whatever phone they have. And let's say it's an iPhone. And I'm like, so when you went into the Apple store, did you just plunk down your card or did you negotiate them? Or did you say, is there a way that I can pay 50% uh, and get the same product? Or was there some reason that Or do you have a discount? Right. Or is there a discount, whatever it is? Or can I buy two for one? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, because you've decided there's a specific set of value. So one of two things are happening. Either A, the problem isn't big enough for you yet, or B, no one's really just shared with you enough of how this is going to be handled to provide you enough value for you to see right. your investment in this What process. your transformation is going to be at the end and how your life is going to be radically different when I'm done working with you. Right. Because, yeah. and then I ask them, has your life been radically different since you bought that phone? Well, no, not really. Well, there you go. Right. It's just, yeah. the, and you're going to upgrade that phone in two years or That's less, right. Right? right? So, so why aren't you upgrading your health? Why aren't you upgrading your mindset? Why aren't you upgrading your relationship? Right? It's like, uh, have you spent a thousand dollars in the lifetime of your marriage or the lifetime of your, right? And your, whatever it is, your business or your coaching, have you spent a thousand dollars on you just for you? No. Yeah. But, and, but you went and, to, but you went to Prada right. last week, you know, drop a thousand dollars on a wallet. We, we don't have, we often superimpose what we think on them. In other words, we just assume that they are going to not afford our service. And so then we discount it down or we say, well, you know, they, 
they just they have three kids at home and it's a single family and you know i just really want to help right and how dare so, i right how dare i and i'm sure there's people who are listening to what yeah. i'm saying like this guy's an a-hole or sounds like this <laughs> and 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 i want people to hear this and understand this because i have this conversation day in and day out yeah. with other practitioners who i'm coaching and it's like well well it makes it sound like you're about the money I don't need, you know, it's like, well, no. I should become broke again to help people who are broke or that's, broke that's right. in. That's a hard I don't need to no. become broke in yes. again to help yeah. other people who are broken become healthier while I'm becoming more frustrated, more overwhelmed, more saturated with seeing and doing things that don't allow me to do the things I need to do to serve myself so I can then serve others. Correct. That's absolutely right. We don't take care. We don't place ourselves in the center of that value wheel. We put ourselves out. I think of it like a like a bicycle wheel. You know, you got center and you have all the spokes. We are the center. What we provide are those spokes. And if the spokes break and we're not doing self-care, I don't have someone, you know, for me, um, I love having someone shop for me. I oh, I hate the grocery store. I don't want to go. I don't want nothing to do with it. And I'm not doing yeah. delivery because they pick out bad tomatoes and bad sure. avocados. I'm sure. not doing it. Yeah. So I pay someone to shop for me and Correct. I, it's money well spent, but see, I Absolutely. can't do that. Helps me take care of me in the best way possible, but I can't do that if I don't charge appropriately for what I do. Well, it also is in alignment with your brand because if you're doing integrative nutrition, and functional medicine, and you're not literally going to that, so to speak, playful extreme with what you're doing. Yeah. Then, then is that in? Is that I would say, that doesn't scream crazy to me. That seems no. like well, that absolutely completely makes sense. Yeah. Of why, right? If you're not figuring out when you're, you know, uh, one of my buddies has, has taught me how to become a snob with coffee, and he's like, no, you don't want to look at the sell by date. You want to see if the company doesn't have a uh, roasted on date. You shouldn't probably be buying them because it's already a year old coffee. Right. And you and I know in the world of coffee about aflatoxin and, and the All amount the of mold in that, right? So yep. you do if you aren't going to buy one of the clean, you know, the ones that batch test for mold, you want something that's roasted with. In the you know you want to have a quickly you know roasted within the last month you know before that stuff starts growing on there so so it's not like oh my gosh I can buy a bag of Starbucks coffee for six bucks versus the bags that I'm buying for twelve to fifteen dollars right exactly but it's also in alignment with my values and what are the company culture and what's the health you know factors yeah. in it not that I love Starbucks as a company their coffee but the company I love <laughs> I love the company and um, right so. But that's still the same thing. It has to be identifiable with your brand. But I also see it in a different way. Like it's again going back to that Colonel Secret recipe. It's like, but I need to help everybody uh, in yeah. exchange for my time giving for energy. But if you also bring a team on, if you bring other people on, you bring associates on, you refer out, you're helping more of the world in exchange. Right. Even if you're getting a smaller piece of that pie, right? Yep. You get that you get yep. that associate fee of 20% versus right. 100%. Right. But but I think about it this way, like, and we can do simple math. And I know sometimes I'm not a math guy. I still use a tip applicator. I failed math in high school, but the numbers don't lie. If you're an associate and you're, if you're, if you're a practitioner, let's just make it clean and you're making a hundred grand a year, you're not making, you don't have a hundred thousand dollar practice. No, that's one thing, right? The whole right. thing, six figure practice. No, that means you have revenue. Right. But you are making maybe thirty, forty thousand dollars after because your you got overhead and, and you have all the things. That's right, right, all that stuff. So let's make it so now. If you have 
for associates and you're taking a 25%, uh, right? Fee splitting for overhead and costs, all the ethical stuff to avoid the Stark laws or whatever it's called. Um, not the Tony Stark laws for all of you Marvel people, yeah. but, um, right, but, the, but all the kickback rules and stuff like that. But it's like you're providing overhead and resources and templates and stuff like that. And you build them up to $100,000 each of revenue. You're still making the same amount of money. That's right. And you're seeing more people, you're helping more people. So it's a, you know, four to one ratio. Right, right, right. Versus a one to one ratio. So there's four times as many people you're helping in the same hour than you just doing it out alone. And you're making the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. But when people get that, because we're not trained to be leaders, we're not trained to be business owners, we're not trained to be scale of economy, we're trained to be workers. Right. And when we get that mindset where our jobs as clinicians are, is to a, how we started the podcast was that we started talking about mindset early on. Mm-hmm. And that is like, when you show up, you show up as a boss, as a boss. I mean, you are the clinic boss around here. You yeah. show up as a boss, you get your mentality, right? And I always say, put a smile in your brain. First thing in the morning, your mouth doesn't even have to turn up. But that's the cup of coffee, right? In that's, your that's, yes, that's oh, okay, the coffee. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just but make you sure. know, you just have a, an internal smile that happens in yeah. your heart, in your mind, in your mouth. It, it's just like you're just a smile. That's all in your brain. A smile. When your day starts out like that, all of a sudden, I I swear, interactions start to change. The mm-hmm. way that you show up with people starts to change. The way that you have conversations with people starts to change, and all of a sudden, you start feeling like you're in the driver's seat. You're adulting now. You get to make those decisions and you don't have to be the cheapest person on the block. And you can actually serve more people by creating an environment that allows you to leverage yourself in time, honor yourself in time, and be able to serve more people. Correct. And you yep. can't get anything more higher. This is like a straight up law of attraction thing. So, right. And we, and you and I know that it's all based in, in neurology. Yeah. Um, so the idea that like you can't attract anything healthier than the amount of work that you've done on that particular topic. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so just for fun. So I'm going to a really cool entrepreneurs conference. I was invited to be a podcaster at this entrepreneur conference this weekend and I get to participate in everything and I get to interview some of the heavy hitters and each person there has a million you in order to be part of this community you have to have a proven net worth of a million dollars nice that's the entry that's right so we're talking about barrier of entry and creating a certain type of community and certain type of and it's not about like going around and like it's not Lambos and Prada it's about like what are you doing and how are you helping the world and all that stuff like that so I have my practice name but I yesterday just bought the domain name the millionaires therapist.com that just points to my practice. So when someone asks me at this conference, Oh, what's your website? It's the millionaires therapist.com. There you go. I didn't have to do anything else. I didn't have to change anything else. I have to change any of my social media. I am right. It's a niche clientele because yeah. I do have mega net worth clients and my, and that's more what I'm leaning into entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial people, but I don't have to change everything. Sometimes it's as simple as buying a dollar 99 domain. Yeah. Name. Right. Right. For who you're about to go meet in front of and say, this is my website name. And it just is a pointer to your actual website. To your website. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. It, it, it's it's a $1.99 reverse engineer hack. But if I just branded myself as this for, you know, well, I'm not just a marriage and family therapist and I don't just do this integrative medicine, but I also have this coaching side and, oh, okay, cool, cool. So how do I reach out to you? TheMillionairesTherapist.com. That's it. Wow. That's so cool. That's okay. So cool. Yeah. I just bought the domain name the other day for yeah. about 99 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, Everybody and can do that. You're really just what you did was you just adapted to the environment. 
you just said, here's the environment. These are the people I'm going to be in front of. So same for a, a local practitioner, you know, sometimes the name of your practice, it could either be your name. It could be your wellness center. It could be whatever it wants to be. Right. It's a huge, huge thing that gets missed all the time. And it really has to do with how you define yourself to your audience. Correct. And an unpopular opinion. And I struggle with this for a while, um, but I now actually believe it. your name should never be on the door. Because then yeah. you can't grow and scale because everybody's going to want it, want you as a clinic, right? That's it's, right. You know, if I was right. Wasser and Associates, I'd be like, well, okay, well, we want Wasser. We don't we want, want Associates. Wasser. Yeah, exactly. And that's why exactly. it was the Family Room Wellness Associates versus Jason Wasser and Associates, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not a law practice. And then I even see this with my clients with law practices where they're at the point of retiring and they're young and it's the last name of my, of the practitioner and the, it's not and, and Associates yeah. and it's, not, it's just their name. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how, what's... And it's not saleable. And it's, it's not, not right. saleable as an exit because right. you know, then you you are not saleable because you're gonna be six feet under right. at some point. So then you're not saleable, then the practice goes down in value because it's not saleable. That's a whole nother conversation. We should probably revisit exit mm -hmm. strategies on another yeah. On another but start with it. But start with the exit in mind. And 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 one Correct. of my buddies, um, Judge Graham, um, he's he's basically built and sold multiple multi million dollar businesses because he doesn't create a business without the plan to sell it. It doesn't plan to. There keep you go. It, right. That's the whole thing. And um, so that's the thing. He's like, if you're not starting with that end in mind, then you like we've talked about before. Then you're just yeah. creating a job for yourself. Job for yourself. And it's a it's a stinking lot of work mm -hmm. to work for yourself. It doesn't, you're, there's chaos and you're disorganized and overhead, the money, the overhead, and I don't know how to hire and all the things that go along with being a business owner, which, uh, you know, I get it as a business yeah. owner. It's the stuff you got to do. It's just what you have to do. E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Love it. Oh, Talk classic, about it daily. Yeah. Classic. I read it every year at least once. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the business of being an entrepreneur is not easy. But yet when you're as a clinician, especially in this space, mm -hmm. we very often underestimate the importance of maintaining the right mindset, charging for what you're worth, viewing yourself as a business owner. So, you know, for those of you listening, like this is, this is your takeaways right here. This is it. What yeah. we just talked about, like value yourself as a clinician and what you're worth. Don't undercharge. Don't put your, don't superimpose your value of what money quote means to yeah. someone when they bought an iPhone or they just put braces on their dog. You don't know that. They didn't bring their dog in. And we're not in. responsible to make decisions we of how can't. other people spend their money. No, it's That's not, not business. our business. Exactly. Right. That's right. And, but yet we're we're just siding and judging because it's our own bias. And and here's the beautiful thing, right? So we talked about neuroemotional technique and many of your uh, people in your community have heard NET, especially from the, the chiropractic community, where every time I've wanted to raise my fees or... I knew, right, the, the whole thing of like, well, your practice is booked. That's when you raise your fees. That's right. right. Like, oh, I can, right. That's one of the ways to do it. Yeah. But I would go to my next NET conference and I would work out all of the beliefs that I have regarding charging more, raising my fees and asking for that exact number. And then using neuroemotional technique, get rid of all of the stuck, hidden gunk, that self-sabotage stuff yep. that can be in there yep. physiologically, because it right. doesn't matter if your rational brain wants it, but your physiology, right, your limbic system is not in congruence with right. it. Right. It doesn't matter how much you want it or how simple it seems it's going to be. You're still yeah. not going to be able to be in alignment yeah. to be able to do that. Right. So every time I've done that, I've gone to one of my colleagues who's an, you know, and that's what we do. Like he's my fee raising buddy, 
<laughs> and he knows. And he's like, well, I what are you raising that. your fees to? And either I or he will bring the exact cash amount for that new fee. He'll slap it in my hand, muscle test me on that, and we'll clear it out for the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is, until every little gunky gunk is gone about it. Nice. And I'm fully congruent with charging that and people turning me down and people saying I'm full of crap and I'm not worth it and I'm a scam artist. All the negative things that we can come up Bye-bye. with in our physiology. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like, Scoot cool, them out. someone can say that. I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's to that. And as we wrap up, but that to your, your point right there, another little rabbit hole that we could go down and we won't, but mm. that, that being said, there is so much value, I believe. And I, I Jason, will you come back? I want you to come back absolutely. and talk to talk about, we're going to do another episode on this subject, but I absolutely believe that every, not only clinician, but business owner needs to have a therapist. Oh yeah. They need a therapist. They need somebody to help them exactly to your point, work through the gunk because we get so stuck up here. I mean, I've my own stuff. I have someone that I work with every single week. And if I get stuck, I'm like, all right, I'm in the ditch. I'm in the tree. Get me out of the tree. What happened? I would never have been able to accomplish what I've done if I hadn't had somebody that was helping me keep my head on right. And help mm-hmm. me get rid of the gunk, so to speak. So, Jason, as yeah. we wrap up, can we do another episode on this topic? Absolutely. And just to give okay. one, a one-liner on that, if the, you are listening and that resonates to what Rhonda just said, I want you to realize that by you not doing this work, you are ripping off the world from your purpose. Yes. Yes. You're ripping off the world and you're ripping right. off yourself by that's not right. doing that work. And and I plead and implore, especially now with all the chaos that's been going on. And The world and needs it, us. Oh my gosh. So badly. It's, and so I just badly. came back from a neuroemotional technique conference this past weekend and I'm like, right, giving and getting, healing. Yeah. Um, and we're working on, you know, the deeper stuff that's going on, but I'm still seeing like exquisite, exquisite, amazing yeah. human beings yeah. who I adore and I love, who are also exquisite practitioners, but I can't charge more because I live somewhere. If I lived where you live, I can charge. Maybe I need to get a license and fly down once a month to do that. No, you don't. You just charge what you're worth and people will come. That's how we, that's how that is. And if you're not congruent with it, it's not going to happen. That's right. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Such, I mean, I hope if you're listening and you are like, what just happened? That felt like a train wreck. It kind (laughs) of was, but you might want to listen to this podcast again because there were 35 different little nuggets of truth all buried in this whole thing. So sorry, not sorry. If you're right. listening, sorry, not sorry. So it was, it's drinking from a fire hose. It when, it, when it's a conversation. From a fire hose. We're yeah. going to do another fire hose conversation and we are going to talk about this therapy thing. And Jason, I'd like for you to like, come back if you would. And we'll talk about like maybe the top, you know, five places that, you know, people like me, people like you, where mm-hmm. we get stuck. We definitely know what one of them is. Yes. Money is going to be one of them. So we'll dive into that again. But Jason, thank you so much. Pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed every single minute of this. Thank you Same. so much. Thanks. Well, hey, that was pretty intense. Again, sorry, not sorry that there was so much great information on there, but Jason is definitely a force to be reckoned with. He is a mighty force, very good at what he does. You can connect with him if you'd like. Uh, The Family Room SFL, S as in Sam, FL like Florida. So thefamilyroomsfl.com. 
And uh, he's got links at the top of his website. You can find him on all the social media channels. And you can find me there as well. So if you'd like to connect with Jason, you know how to do it. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd be happy to chat with you. If you feel stuck in your business, if you feel frustrated about something, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like nothing's working, I am here to help you, my friend. All you have to do is go to rondanelson.com forward slash strategy and schedule a free 15-minute call with me. And I promise you, I will give you some action steps in just 15 minutes that will help you start to take those steps forward and move your practice, your clinic in a direction that you want to go or just give you some clarity about a problem or a situation that you're a little bit stuck with. So thanks for listening. I appreciate you so much. I'll be back with you next week.